Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, this is Hashem BPW number 46, as Bais Panini um, Shear number 6, for the women, and we're going to talk about the bracha of Shahakal Bara Lechvaidai, and again, we mentioned, starting from two Shearim ago, how these brachas are not just mere Sheva Brachas Taira, but these are lessons that have practical applications to our married life, way, way into married life. And I'm married for 25 plus years. And I recognize now, by learning this and other svarim, that the bracha of shahakal bara lechvaidai, that you say by Yesheva brachas, could imply and does apply very practically on the day-to-day aspects of married life even 25 years later. And that is why it's so important. When you listen to Sheva Brachas Taira, you know, and a lot of people go to these things, and sometimes it's like, you know, yeah, they say this to the young couple, and, uh, you know, be cynical about it, wait till they get back to, to becoming an old couple, and then they'll listen to the Sheva Brachas Taira about a younger couple, and that's how the world goes. And it's sort of a cynical way of looking at it, which is understandable sometimes, but the idea being is, is that Taira is eternal. And the Torah has lessons that are eternal. And this is meant to for us as much as it's meant to these young couples who are listening to these things for the first time. What does Shehakal Baruch Hashem mean? Baruch Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, Elekeinu Melech our God, the King of the world, of the universe. Shehakal Baruch Lechvaydai, that everything was created for His glory, for His Kavayd. Agav, I want to say basically one thing Rav Miller says. How do you give honor to Hashem? How do you give honor to Hashem? By thinking of Him. When you think of Hashem during the course of your mundane day, your regular day, you are giving Him honor. The very fact that you're thinking about Hashem and that He becomes part of your life. That is something to remember. A chasen and a kala, ultimately every man married man and every married woman. Our marriages parallel the original six days of creation. We're creating a new world. And we are, by being together, by being uniting as one, we are fulfilling the desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And we're bringing honor to His name. So in other words, when we work on our marriages, we become the best husband or the best wife we could be, we are doing it for we giving honor to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Shahakol bara lechvaydai. So, as an example, you know this idea of what is bara lechvaydai, both the body and the soul is for the honor of Hashem. So you have, of course, it's well known the husband's obligations to give his wife sexual pleasure. And that's the Pasik of Sha'ira Ksusa Vainasa Layigra. He may not diminish Sha'ira, the literal Pashab Shat means food, giving her parnasa, the Zainais. Ksusa means her clothing. Ainasa means those marital sexual intimacy, those conjugal rights. Those three duties of a man spell out in the Ksuba that provided to his wife, he has to give her food. Medicine needs when needed, shelter, clothing, and sexual pleasure. The third obligation, which is, the, is usually called Aina, 
Aina means a season. Aina means a time period. It's a time where a husband needs to devote in pleasuring his wife, giving her pleasure. And Aina also could be linked to the word la'anois, which means to respond, to answer back, because Aina is really a husband being responsive and answering back towards his wife's needs and desires. So the Ramban explains the whole Pasuk is going on intimacy in one shot. She'era, the literal pshat, means food. He teaches the Ramban and that She'era means the skin-to-skin contact during intimacy. Kisusa, which literally means clothing or shelter, he teaches to mean the bed or the bedding used by a couple during physical intimacy. Oina refers, of course, to the sexual act itself. So the mitzvah of Oina, of a man giving his wife sexual pleasure, is a separate mitzvah than pruavu. It's independently important and independently holy. And as long as a man is married, he has this chiv of respecting his wife and providing her sexual satisfaction. So providing for her sexual satisfaction, and it's, it's regardless of his wife's ability or inability to conceive, due to infertility or pregnancy or contraceptives or, or being postmenopausal, the sexual satisfaction is so basic to the human condition that it's referred to as derech eretz, very often in the term of chazal. So this, this idea of poo-pooing it or, or putting it in the back burner that it's not important is totally, totally incorrect. It is extremely important. Now, we're not going to talk about it here now because it's not the place for it, but this is a two-way street, though. The chiv of Aina, yes, is for the husband to the wife, but it's mutually also for the hu- wife to help her husband and to give each other pleasure, even though it's not technically a chilek of the mitzvah of Aina. But that's not something that we're going to stress in this particular shir, but it's important to be aware of that because it's very, very important. The ideal way of working in marriage in all aspects of marriage, and including the sexual act, and the sexual pleasure is not to look at it as me, you, my responsibility, your responsibility, but a mutual uh, giving of one another of, of it. But the idea being over here is, is that even when a physical child cannot be conceived and there's no pruravu mitzvah taking place, there is a mystical concept where holy neshama is indeed conceived as a result of every intimate union. Now, th- this is brought down in, from the Pasuk in the many of Farsham of, of the Nefesh Asha Osu Becharan, when it says that Avram and Sarah made these souls in Charan, and some of Farsham talk about that it, it, it's referring to their physical unions, even when they didn't have children, created these Neshamas. And the Shlah brings down, and this is in Shar HaIsius Aiskuf in Kedushas Azivik, and he says, Dabani, you should know my children. Again, the Shlomo wrote it originally for his children. Kimi called Bia Obia, from every single sexual intimate act. Kishihibik Dusha, when it's done in with a Kedusha, with a holiness. Yatsa Mimenu Pu'ula Taiva. There's a positive result. There's always a positive result. The Afshain Ishtay Misaberes, even when a woman cannot become pregnant. Mikal Makaim, through this union. For whatever the reasons we said before, nevertheless, 
it has an effect above, neshama, and his soul is issued forth. We don't understand how that works, but there is souls created by, by this physical union between a husband and wife, even if physical children don't come forth from it. You have in the Pasuk, it's brought down also, when a man marries a new wife, this is the Parshish Kiseitze, he should not serve in the army or serve military duties at all. But Noki Yila Beisa Shana Achas, he's free in his house for one year. Vesimach es Ishtayashalokach, and he gladdens, make his wife, makes his wife happy in this year that he took her. So even when Jews were faced with war, the Torah places a great emphasis on addressing their responsibilities close at the home. The Torah is basically saying, you newly wed man, husband, focus your time without distraction. I have a war, but that's not your business now. You nurture this relationship that is starting with your wife and you allow it to grow and thrive. That's where I want your focus to be, not on the war. You're putter from the war because I need you to be there with your wife. It's a fascinating Torah concept. It's unbelievable. And this is what we call these days Shana Rishina in that concept of it, which some say these days it's, it should be even three years, whatever it is. But that really applies to the whole aspect of our marriage. That's why we had recently talking about having a Shana Rishina 20 years into marriage or however long you're married. It's very, very important. You also see from here how sensitive the Tyra is to a woman's sexual need just like her need for food or clothing and basic necessities of life, shows how much the Torah values and attributes female pleasure within marriage and how important it is. At the very minimum, right? Mikvanite, there's a chiv. When he goes away on a trip, it's a chiv. When he returns after such a separation of a trip, is a chiv. And any time he senses that his wife desires and needs it, it's a chiv. And halacha creates different frequencies based on the vocation, based on abilities, but the idea being is that a husband cannot deny his wife that, that pleasure that is entitled to her. Now again, like it says, it's not the subject of ashir, but there are obligations for the woman as well towards her husband in this area, brought down in Shulchan Aruch. But the idea being, though, is that when they deny each other physical pleasure in the sexual realm, it's considered torture. It's considered a torment. It's considered a real tremendous pain. The riot to it is, is what we say in the Haggadah every year. Vayar es onyenu, he saw our affliction, Hashem saw our affliction, zu perishus derech eretz. That was the abstinence of marital intimacy. First of all, the word derech eretz, like we said, the marital intimacy is so basic that the Torah, the Chazal, terms it and coins it derech eretz. It's the way of the world. It's the way things are supposed to be. It's part of our humanity. It's part of who we are. And Vayares on Yenu, he saw our affliction. What did Hashem see? He saw our torment. He saw our affliction. Here it's not talking about the harsh work or the torture that the Mitzrayim were whipping them and torturing them. That's a separate thing. That's Zavoydes Perach. And that's a pain that they saw too. But this was a separate onyenu affliction where they separated husbands and wives from each other to deny them, of course, the 
main purpose was not to have children, but to deny them the physical marital intimacy for one another. We see, and I'm not going to get into it now, but if you look at the beginning of Shmuel with the children of Eli, it says that they slept with the wives that came to the Mishkan, and the Chazal say they didn't actually do that. They didn't sleep with the wives, but what they did was is they delayed the sacrifice that they used to bring as a Yoledes in order to be tar to their husbands, and they delayed it that those sacrifices, so it's considered as if they, he, they actually had relations with them. But you see from here also the importance of not of, of, of how the Tyra finds it important that physical intimacy that a wife needs that the Torah says very, very seriously. There's a locha brought down that if he swears, if a man takes a vow to deny his wife the pleasure of marital intimacy, it doesn't count. It's null. It's void because it's called masna al-masha kasa You can't vow something that's against what the Torah is required. So you see here that there's a mitzvah for the, for the, for the man to make his wife happy and to increase her pleasure and her and his her joy to the best of his ability. And of course he can't pressure her in any way, and so on and so forth. And again, I'm saying this all on the woman's side of the shear. It's of course going to be said and has been said and will be said, even with much stronger emphasis on the husband's side. But there's a purpose of us talking about it here too. To actually have honest communication about these things and most of your husbands, Baruch Hashem, are very good people that want to do the Ratzon Hashem and want to please you. And it's a matter of communicating and working towards this with one another. And that is the one main purpose of why we're discussing this today. So this mitzvah of Aina obligates a husband to be responsive to his wife's cues, to know when she desires to be pleasured and encourages her husband to make that a priority in his life. And that is Vahadam Yoda. He deeply knew Chava. The Yoda means that he knew her in every aspect, physical, emotional, spiritual, without the pressure, without any pressure of things. Now, it's brought down, of course, Isha, this is a very important point I want to say now, and we talked about it before also, that as ideally, generally, Isha Tevas believe, it's not proper to blatantly with the pe, with the mouth, verbalize openly in a direct way that she wants marital relations from her husband. Instead, it's tevas believe. She asks it in her heart, which means is it's a tzniyas thing. She shows her desire that she wants this to her husband in indirect ways because it's tzniyas, not to atten- uh, make attention and not to you know be very coarse about it, or not to be too direct about it, to do it in a way where the husband does get the message, but not in an overt direct way, that he knows that, that this is what her his wife wants, and he will respond in kind. But what what we we said in other shiurim, and it's so important to say now, you cannot expect your husband to be a mind reader. The, you know, therefore, it is very very important. He needs to be attentive, of course. And he has to be less clueless. And I talk about it in this men's side of the shear. And he need, may, to, uh, may need to learn to understand her cues better. But on the woman's side, as sneeze as she may want to be and is, and it's not appropriate to be coarse about directly with the mouth to verbally say things, but nevertheless, in certain situations, you need to verbalize and to have a conversation about it 
especially if you're missing the boat and he's not getting your cues and and or whatever it is and so, so at some point you could develop that certain forms of body language or glances could already show that there's that desire but he is not a mind reader and very often by nature he's clueless unfortunately and he may need a little more or a lot more to understand and to recognize what you need once he hops what you need He'll be very, very happy for the most part to accommodate and be wanting to please you. But sometimes he just really doesn't hop. And sometimes it's it's because of good intentions of trying to be sneistic and being very indirect. But if you're too indirect, it creates a lot of confusion and turmoil and misunderstanding. And in those scenarios, it's best to be more direct and to be more open and and, and about what you need and what you want and when. The idea being, though, and this is what people also don't really um, don't really realize and recognize is that those very harchakis that are zechiv to do when a when a wife is a nida the harchakis the separate intimate things what you're not allowed to do as a nida in the nida period between a husband and a wife those are the very acts that you're supposed to be doing in the Torah period. Not that it's only okay now; it's permitted. It's it is something that should be done. The touching, the the holding hands, the 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 handing things to each other, the the everything that was not allowed in that nida period becomes preferable in the Torah period, and it is virtuous. It's not just mutter; it is a mitzvah. Leah was praised for that initiating intimacy with Yaakov. And he was, she was rewarded with the conception of Yisachar, which is the highest level of Tamidich HaChamim and so on. So the bottom line, though, is, is that ultimately, yes, the responsibility of a wife's sexual satisfaction is on the husband. He has to really be attuned. He has to do the work. And he has to be really sensitive to it. But there's a lot that a wife could also do to bring forth and and to to help him with this, with open communication in the best way possible. That the husband is generally a mashpia, he initiates, the wife is generally makabal, it's like the sun and the moon. We're not going to get into the deep hashkafic aspects of all of these ideas, and sometimes it's reversed, and that, again, we talked about, as Sneas as you are, she is an active component to... to, to the marital intimacy, not just passive, even though she's a macabre. But to sum up what we what we said in this year, and this is connected to the bracha of Shahakal Baralach Vaidai, that everything you do is to honor Hakadish Baracha. And if you look uh, if you look at uh, life along those lines, and you look at your marriage framework along those lines, that everything you're doing in your marriage is to honor Hakadish Baracha, then when it comes to physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, sexual pleasure, asking for it in the right way from your husband, your husband providing it for you in the right way, all of this is what Hashem wants, then you're doing it for the honor of Hashem. Of course, it's hard for us to separate physical pleasure from Kvayt uh, Hashem. Just like Einig Shabbos. You're worried, you know, you really want to serve HaKadosh Baruch so you're afraid. I love this cholent, or I love this kishka, I love this piece of cake. So who says I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it because I enjoy it so much. 
But nevertheless, Hashem says, never mind. You eat that cake, you eat that cholent, you enjoy it, but have in mind the little, you know, Baruch Hashem, Lekavit Shabbos, Oynik Shabbos, I love you Hashem, thank you for it. Same thing when it comes to this aspect of, of life and in marriage. There, it, you're worried there's going to be a Shaloy Lashma, so there'll be a little Shaloy Lashma. You don't hide from it. You increase it as long as your main focus is ultimately, ultimately, yes, I may enjoy it, and I'm happy this mitzvah is so pleasant to me, but it's to become closer to you. It's all for your honor. And you want us to be happy, and you you have anah when we feel anah. Hashem is telling us, you want you to enjoy. Again, we said this many times, we call etzagon teichel. I didn't want you to eat from the etzadas, but I gave you thousands, even probably millions of different types of varieties of fruits that I do want you to enjoy and to get closer to me by it, by appreciating it. And the mitzvah of ayin is no different than anything else, and even more so, because it's heightened pleasure. And Hashem wants this pleasure to take place in the right context and to have HaKar Satayu grow because of this pleasure. And this is what Hashem wants, and this is what Hashem needs. And this is something that really unifies a husband and wife. Of course, taking into account the emotional intimacy and the spiritual intimacy as well. But the physically, physical intimate part is definitely a very strong aspect of it. And again, to just end off the sheer, what the Shalah said, every marital sexual intimacy when it's with holiness, always brings about a positive result. above, Whatever that's supposed to mean, but whether you see it or don't see it, it always has a positive result. When a husband and wife are together for that reason, for that purpose of shahakol gbara lechvaydai, everything, all things, all things, including the sechual urge, is bara was created lechvaydai in his glory. We say that by sheva brachis, by the wedding, and by sheva brachis, but it's meant for us now married years and years and years later this is for the honor of Hashem and with doing this we could enjoy there's no stira between physical and pleasure and ruchnis and spirituality of getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with HaKar Satoiv for this matana that he gives for every husband and wife that he wants them to enjoy and wants them to appreciate each other and HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself for giving it to them Brochen Herzlachen.